Chamunacharya was a great king. When he was a young boy, he was a very devoted brahmachari, and he was very learned, and he was a very, very good disciple of his spiritual master. He was willing to take any risks to protect the dignity of the name of his Gurudev to the degree of challenging the greatest scholar in all of the kingdom who was offending his Gurudev. And Jamunacharya, his grandfather and his father, Nathamuni, they were great devotees by their association. He was given the blessings of Lord Sri Krishna. But somehow or other, although he conquered this pundit as a seva to his guru, as a result, he was given tremendous fortune because the contest was that if he defeated this great pundit of the king, he would be given half the kingdom. And he was just a little boy, and he defeated. He was just doing it out of very sincere, humble service to his Guru Maharaj. But then he was given half the kingdom. That means power, control, unbelievable facility for opulences and enjoyments. And somehow or other, he became attached to enjoying his kingdom. Bhagavatam says that when we engage in devotional service, sometimes Krishna reciprocates by giving us very good facilities to do more devotional service. But if you become attached to those facilities for your own pleasure, that is a great stumbling block in your spiritual progress. Whatever Krishna gives us, we must recognize that it is not for me. Whether I'm in a palace or living under a tree, I must be the same, that everything is for Krishna. Sometimes we see in the lives of devotees who are not so very spiritually advanced that when they begin in Krishna consciousness, they have very little, they have nothing. When this Krishna consciousness movement began, it was so poor, there was nothing. And the first devotees, there was no heat, there was hardly any food. They would just struggle and strive, but they were blissful. They were blissful sleeping on the floor together. They were blissful just eating some roti and dal. They were blissful freezing in the winter and burning in the summers. They were blissful going out all day to chant the holy names, to distribute some little magazines and come back with a few paisas in the evening and give them to your, their Guru Maharaj. They were blissful just to be doing devotional service, to be chanting the holy names, and they were becoming empowered by their tapasya and by their enthusiasm. And as a reciprocation for all of the hardships in which they were enduring for the pleasure of their spiritual master in Krishna, Krishna started to provide so many wonderful facilities to help them in their service. Money starts coming, then there's buildings, then there's cars, 
then there's offices, then there's telephones, then there's computers, and all these things. And soon what happened is devotees were no longer interested in going out to preach. They were gaining tremendous quantities of weight by eating so many nice prasad, and they wouldn't go anywhere unless they had a nice car, and they had their office and their phones, and they had their little positions and controls, and they became very, very comfortable, and there was nobody out in the streets anymore with the people. And soon, as you become comfortable and content with material facilities, your whole enthusiasm for sadhana becomes less and less and less and less. This is not always the case, but very often we have seen this happens. In Srila Prabhupada's life we saw, however much he had, he never slowed down. He never sat in an office. He was always in the front lines, pushing the devotees forward. He was always preaching, writing, managing, doing everything. Whether he was sitting under a tree at Tompkins Square Park, not knowing where he would go to sleep that night, or whether he was uh, being received with Lincoln Continentals or Rolls Royces after getting off a jet airplane, being escorted to beautiful mansion-like temples, beautiful estates with thousands of devotees in all facilities. It made no difference to him. He was the same. He was giving his life for the pleasure of others. He never became complacent. And the more he had, the more he used. The more he had, the more he reached that out as a facility to help others. This is Krishna consciousness. This is the spirit of real tapasya. Prapanchakatiya budya harisham Rupa Goswami says that whatever can be used in Krishna's service should be used. It should not be given up with the misconception that it is material. But at the same time, we must be very careful not to justify our own maya on the basis of this verse. Rupa Goswami says, don't reject anything as material if it can be used in Krishna's service, whether it be money or buildings or any other facilities. But don't think that just because you have it, that it's being engaged in devotional service. You actually have to use it and not enjoy it. Use it for the welfare of others. That is real renunciation. In fact, that is the highest form of renunciation. To accept whatever Krishna provides for the welfare of other living beings by using it for preaching Krishna consciousness. So it is a great trapping that we must always be cautious of because maya, material energy, is always trying to find some way to distract our attention away from the real goal of life, and that is unalloyed, unmotivated service to Krishna and Krishna's devotees. You were listening to Radhanath Swami on devotionalnectar.com.